Hi, this is Alexander Nübel and you're listening to Shark America. Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalker Podcast worldwide. This is Schalke America and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are some of the most passionate fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. As always, joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. Happy Victory Sunday, Jack. First Victory Sunday pod of the year, and that feels uh, quite good to say. Uh, we released that Heritopod Wednesday, so that one didn't count. But <laughs> The actual first game day, day of uh, Victory Sunday pods. Uh, what, and what a, what a feeling it is, huh? Um, huge victory today. Uh, not I, We did not expect this at all. I think, if I remember correctly from our predictions last pod, I think you were going with the 2-1 scoreline. I think I was going 2-0. Um, but wow, five one! Uh, what a performance uh, by the boys this uh, this game. Um, any initial reactions right now? This what you're feeling from the game? I'm just so relieved because we talked about coming into this one uh, how Paderborn, despite low expectations that I and a lot of other people had for them going into the season, uh, had actually performed reasonably well so far. Uh, pushing Leverkusen to the limit, drawing Wolfsburg, who are playing very well at the moment, um, and so I was concerned that. Schalke might actually have a more difficult time with them than maybe yeah. we would have anticipated at the beginning of the season. Uh, thankfully, that did, that was not the case. Uh, <laughs> if we had dropped points uh, at Paderborn, I think I would be uh, kind of not hitting the panic button, but I I would be a little bit concerned and pretty frustrated. Um, and we finally got a little bit going with that 3-0 result against Hertha. So to follow that up... Um, beating a team that we should beat and doing so convincingly, which is another thing I always say, how we play to the level of our competition. Like Paderborn's a team we should beat and we did that and it was a dramatic scoreline and that's what we should be doing. And it, yeah. it, it feels, it feels great. It's been a long time since we looked, uh, is it fair to say we looked pretty good, pretty decent uh, in this one and, and scoring many goals last game. We had, we had three goals, but two of them were own goals. So uh, these were five goals that we scored um, how do you feel about the way we looked overall? I mean, not not perfect. There's still a lot of things no, to work not. on. I thought, you know, particularly in the first half, despite having a lot of shots on goal, so when I mean, we were creating chances, just the finishing was was poor, and it still wasn't quite as fluid as it needed to be. Um, I mean, honestly, I think I think Paderborn was just awful today. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think a lot of this comes down to them really not not showing up for whatever reason. They probably um, had two good players in this game. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It's just, you know, like when you talk about how they, I mean, they, they drew Wolfsburg, it's like, it, how did that happen? And, you know, we we wondered about that before during last podcast, and I guess they kind of alluded to it in the podcast or in the in the, in the, the telecast today, you know, with uh, Derek Ray and uh, was it David Dave McKenna. Um, yeah. And they were saying how Wolfsburg was just an onslaught on Paderborn. Paderborn just buckled up and soaked up the pressure for the 90 minutes, and that's how they got the draw. Uh, so I. You know, good on them for that, but I'm glad they didn't do that against us. They decided to go and attack us, and that kind of left them much very vulnerable, really. Well, Wolfsburg doesn't have Harit, now do they? 
This is true. It's a Harit coming out party, wasn't it? Absolutely, which is great to see. So, it, yeah, go for it. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I want to talk about the lineups uh, in this one. Um, you know, look at Paderborn. We did say they had a couple guys that played well. Uh, one of those guys was the goalkeeper, Yannick Huth. Um, not to be confused with Mark Huth. Huth had a fantastic game. He seemed to have Berksellers number all game long. Uh, looking at their back line, Drager, uh, Stro- Strodik, uh, Hunmeyer, Collins. Collins had a decent game, actually. And then in the midfield, they had um, Gaiusulu and Vasilidis. Uh, Vasiliadis, whatever his name is, Greek player. He's very. He, did, he actually had a good game as well. I thought, um, but the, the probably their best attacking player was probably Kali, uh, Oliveira, Souza, and then Antoine um, Didea um, and Mikel and Mamba. They had okay games, but um, really, Huth was the was the best player for them, and probably Kali is probably a close second. I like how excited you were that uh, Collins popped up because it was an easy name to pronounce. <laughs> You got that, huh? You're like, who am I? Uh, Collins, Collins. Collins, yeah, we got my that boy. One. Yeah, yeah, we got that one. Um, <laughs> one at 11. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. I thought, uh, I mean, it, when you talk about who's having a Bergstaller's number, I think a lot of that was just Bergstaller hit it right at him. Although yeah. he, he did make that one phenomenal save. Oh, the header. Him, yeah, exactly, which we'll get to. Um, Vasily Otis, I thought, played well. Uh, and then, you know, you call had the goal. I, th- I think Sven McHale was, was, was good as well. Uh, he caught the eye, and this is mostly I'm talking about attack. Uh, I don't think any of them were particularly good uh, without the ball um, in in defense. But um, Mikel did some interesting dribbling things around the box that that seemed to break us down a couple times as well. Uh, and now on to the Schalke lineup. And uh, you know, before the game, we knew that McKinney was going to be in the, in the starting lineup at least because of injury or um, because of a. Uh, Illness, and then uh, as well as um, I want to say, Baba Raman, <laughs> uh, Benito Raman, uh, he would not be because he had an in- ankle injury, I guess, coming off of the uh, Belgian um, Belgian game uh, when he got called up for the one minute or whatever. Uh, so uh, the lineup was as this: uh, Nubel in goal, and then you had John Joe, Kenny, Benjamin Stambouli, Salif Sane, and Bastian Ochipka in the back. In the midfield, you had Swat Serdar, Omar Mascarell, Daniel Kalajiri. I mean, Harit, Mark Uth, and then up top, uh, Guido Bergstaller. Um, with the two additions of Uth and Serdar in the lineup, uh, how'd you feel going into this match? I felt fine about it. Uh, I mean, I think Serdar really turned it on towards the end of last season and yeah. began to show his potential and maybe why we had gone after him and spent money for him. Um, and then, you know, I'm totally willing to give Uth another shot, uh, despite his dismal campaign last season. So uh, these are not two names that I see on a team sheet, at least for the moment. And, you know, cringe at or something like that. I was, I was totally fine with, with both those inclusions. And I think, you know, with Uth and, and if you look at two, I guess, quote unquote strikers on, on, in this lineup, Uth and, and Bergstaller, both of them actually had a decent number amount of, of chances in this game. Uh, you kind of want to give benefit of the doubt to Uth because he's been off for five months. Um, so I guess you could see why he'd be a little rusty with his finishing ability, but, Perksteller was uh, had a plethora of chances that we'll get into uh, and missed every single one of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's 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 the lineup. And then on the bench you had Skripsky, Nastasic, Schubert, McKinney, who who was sick, uh, Juan Miranda, who we'll get into a little bit later, um, Kabak, the new man on defense, Katuchu, free Katuchu, uh, Bujaleb, and Merkan. So uh, get into this one in the game. Um, it, it could tell from the beginning it was going to be an open, wide open game. Both teams were it was just going back and forth. Uh, the tempo was high tempo. Both teams were just taking shots at each other. 
it started in the eighth minute when Kali scored a goal. Uh, I forget who was marking him. I it was Vasiliadis or who was on the right flank um, or on the left side. Uh, John Joe Kenny wanted to defend him. Uh, I thought he was going to stop him, but he got burned. The cross came in. Kali had a great header on the goal. Uh, nothing Nubel could do about that. What did you make of the marking, not only from, from John Joe Kenny, but the guys in the middle who should have been uh, guarding Kali there for the goal? Yeah, I think I think Kenny – I don't know if Kenny got burned. I don't know if I'd say that. Uh, but, I mean, he definitely let, let him get the cross off. Uh, and it was actually a, a very, very well-hit cross, and that was uh, Sven Mikkel, I believe. Sven Mikkel, okay. Um, the, yeah, the marking in the box, however, there's three Schalke players yeah, there and, yeah. and one Paderborn player. And, I mean, credit to Colley because he rose up and made great contact and placed that really well. It's a phenomenal header. Um Phenomenal play all around. Great ball in, great header. But, uh, yeah, with that kind of numerical advantage, I, I think not nearly enough was done to prevent that from going in. Um, not going to blame Sonny for this, but we, we talked about this last year a little bit. He has this. He has a knack for kind of being in the vicinity of stuff where, he, where he's maybe not, like, the main person responsible for it, but also didn't really make an effort to help. Right. And then after the goal is scored, he just kind of looks around, like, bemused. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, 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 what are you guys doing? And I'm like, if you watch him, he wasn't marking anybody. He was yeah. just standing there. And, like, he could have made an effort to, like, go back and try to make something happen. So he just kind of, like, stood there shocked after it went in. And I'm like, do something. But um, obviously he's not the main one to blame there. Uh yeah, I mean, not not a great start. I actually wasn't particularly worried just because I thought that we had started fairly brightly as well, and I got the feeling that we'd probably have a good chance of pulling that that back. But um, how, given how defensively solid we've been to start the season, which is something that we've been praising on this podcast, uh, that was not a great defensive effort on that one early in the match. And I, and I was my next question was going to be how do you think after the goal was scored? And you know, I thought I actually. I was a little worried when they scored. I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of those games where you know we should we should win or should do well, and they're going to punch us in the mouth early on and then just you know hunker down and and shut us down. That's what I that's what I was feeling. Uh, and it, even though it was wide open up to that point, and it, we saw the rest of the game, it, it remained wide open. But uh, I was briefly uh, worried. But um, Shaka, they they responded quickly. Really, I mean, moments later. Uh, I think like a minute later, uh, Schalke nearly scored. Oh, they should have scored, I should say. Mark Ut setting up uh, Bergstaller, uh with a great shot, point blank on the goalie, and he fanned the shot. Huth, uh, easy save for him. Um, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on that first one because hey, it's the first shot of the game for him. You know, but he should have done better with that. I mean, any striker should that should have been goal, right? Yeah, I actually forgot about that play until you just mentioned it. Uh, but yeah, I believe it was a really nice, like kind of like side pass yeah. from from Ut. Yeah. and uh. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really bad fit. He doesn't really make good contact with it. He kind of flubs it and kind of hits it into the ground. Um, probably should have scored. If he didn't score, he should have gotten at least a much better shot off than that. Um, but that was kind of the theme from him today, was just everything he did seemed to go directly at the opposition goalkeeper for some reason. Yeah, uh, and it began, and it, it, the theme of how did, he, how did they miss that goal continued on. Um, I mean, luckily for us and the fans, it was it was a high tempo game, and Shaka probably around the twentieth minute or so started like uh, asserting their dominance or getting more of the opportunities. As I say, not not dominant, but they were uh, they getting more of opportunities. That they were seemed to be more in Paderborn's end than Paderborn were in our end. Um, and then in the twenty seventh minute, uh, Mark Oot, a great scoring opportunity. I mean, he's in the six yard box all alone. I think Burksteller is the closest guy to him. 
uh, and he somehow hits it to Huth, who makes a stop on Huth. How did he miss that? Yeah, not great to see from uh, from Mark Hoot. Uh, you know, this was a guy that was just very clinical at Hoffenheim, you know, the year prior to when we purchased him and did not replicate that last year and didn't take advantage of the chances he had here today either. Um, I, I thought he did some good things uh, on the ball in terms of, like, linking up and, and aiding possession and, and, you know, made some – just the play that we just referenced a minute ago, you know, setting up teammates in good positions. Uh, did some good stuff there, but, you know – this is a guy that we expect and we purchased to help Bergstaller out in terms of easing the scoring load. And uh, yeah, didn't, didn't show any more signs of doing that today, which is not, not the continuation from last season we were looking for. And not to steer off topic here for a minute, but I was just thinking about this because um, before the game, I think it was Alexi Lalas was saying, if you, if you watch the FS1 telecast, he was thinking of, Hey, you know, uh, Schalke, we're going to need a guy to step up and be the goal scorer that they need, and maybe Uth is going to be that guy. And that's fine. But the other guy, and I don't remember the guy, this, I think I was the Scottish guy, he was railing on Schalke the whole the whole pregame. Did you catch Enjoy. that? Yeah. It's continue, it constantly railing on Schalke and say, oh, they're a bum team. They've always been a bum team for decades. I'm like, who, what, what, no, what, shut up. Get the hell out of here, man. And I and I I don't normally don't like listening to Alexi Lalas over somebody else, whoever he's with. But in that case, I'd rather listen to Lalas than the other guy. Well, I think you should write Mr. Joy a strongly worded letter. Leather? Did I say leather? Yeah, you did say leather. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a letter. I should. Maybe I should. <laughs> but I was like, oh, what an idiot. Anyway, uh, getting back to the getting back to the game. Um, Shaka, we're starting to show a lot of great possession. Uh, Harit, uh, he's been a player who we're going to talk about. I mean, he's going to be, I think, undoubtedly the MVP of the game. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, well, in the, in the 30th minute, um, great possession by him. He goes and gives it to Achipka, who crosses it in. Uh, Berkseller gets a head on it. It wasn't the greatest of heads. Saved by Uth, point blank. Uh, there's another one. It's it's a sec. It's a second shot of, of the half already by Berkseller that. Could should have done better with that that Uth or Huth I should say uh, made a save on. Um, we he's got to do better with that, right? I mean, come on, point blank like that. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it was all first half was just a series of you know half chances at a minimum, like decent opportunities that just you know the, the, the finishing lacked a little bit of conviction and, and lacked a lot of placement. So, um, it, like, I think who played a pretty pretty good game the goalkeeper but i think we also bailed him out a lot with we didn't make him move around as much as we probably should have no we, we definitely shouldn't have or should have made him move a lot more um and the one time one of the few times or one of the few times i guess we we did make him move a lot is because uh and the 33rd minute ochipka corner uh it does get cleared out it gets cleared out back to ochipka uh he shoots it back into the box a nice high volley or high high chip pass uh, Salif Sani, three guys on him. Yeah, jumps everybody. Gets the first goal of the game. Uh, a long time coming for uh, for us to score a goal. Um, great to see him score that goal. Yeah, absolutely. This is something I think we expected to see a little bit more of from him when we signed him. Yeah. Um, because of the uh, the reputation that he came in with for for aerial dominance, but he hadn't applied a lot of that on the offensive end uh, prior to now. But uh, yeah, it's a good ball. It's kind of funny. I think I think Huth is, Huth is coming out for it maybe, but all three of his, there, there's like three Paderborn players that kind of bunch up and get in his way and almost block him from, from running to grab that ball. And uh, Sonic comes in and just out jumps all of them 
like significantly. If you watch like, the slow motion replay that zoomed in, he is so high up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great play from him, and it's a well directed header. And uh, yeah, it's nice to get an open play goal. I know we had that John Joe Kenny rocket um, from uh, from last week, but uh, you know the other two goals in that game were, were the uh, the own goals from Hertha. So um, yeah, definitely nice to have one come about a little bit more organically, and then uh, nice to see that it was that it was Sane on the score sheet. I, I hope that's not the last we see of that <laughs> this year. If that can become a like somewhat more regular thing, I think that's going to be huge. We've definitely missed that set piece prowess that we had the first year in Tedesco with Naldo and everything he did for us. Um, we've we've been lacking a little bit of that, and and that's going to be that's going to be huge for us this season if we can um, become dangerous on set pieces again and and, and convert some of those. One hundred percent, and I think that's what we're we're missing is that you know when when we did have now especially that first year under Tedesco, he was like a bully in the air. If if the ball was in the air, he would go get it. He wouldn't just try to see if anyone jumps away. He would attack it. Um, and that kind of that's what kind of we saw with Sane and that and that play there where he scored the goal. Up until up until then, he really doesn't do it. He just seems to just jump up, and if he gets it, he gets it. He doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah, it's a good point. It, w- it wasn't really a question with Naldo of whether or not he was going to get to it. It was a question of whether or not he was going to score because he was yeah. going to get to it. Like, exactly. It was, just, it was like it was on a magnet with him. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, it, w- it was a very aggressive run-up from, from Sané. So, I, 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 yeah, I love to see that. And I think we see a lot of that out of McKinney. He just needs to get more on target because uh, if usually if the yeah. ball goes up in the air, he's going to be going after. You know he's going to get it. It's just a question is he's going to get on target or not. So um, hopefully Sane keeps this going. And like you said, if you get, make it some kind of a somewhat of a regular thing, uh, that'll be great things for us. Um, I, as as always with any goal in the game, I'm always curious to see how the opposition is going to to uh, react to the situation. Uh, and off the ensuing kickoff, <laughs> Paderborn turned it over to Bergstaller. Well, he had a great opportunity, but he fumbled the ball and lost a great opportunity, great chance to possibly put a shot on target. Who knows if he would have scored or not? But um, looked like Paderborn were shaking or definitely reeling uh, from the Sane goal. So, um, in the 40th minute, uh, five minutes before halftime, a uh, Chipka sets up Burksteller again, point blank range, and he misses once again. Uh, just an ongoing theme of not only the half but the game. A uh, right to the keeper. Third time of the half, or I, I don't know, I lost track at this point. Um, seconds later, after that, uh, Burkseller another opportunity. His shot gets blocked. Uh, he was not getting any sniff of the goal. Um, just before halftime, in the 46th minute, um, this one we thought we were just you know completely dominating the game. Vasiliadis beautifully undresses the shock defense. Uh, he slips a pass to wide open Mikel, who puts a who puts a burgie. Uh, and shoots it wide. Um, a great opportunity by Mikel. I thought for sure when I when I saw the play set up, I said, "Oh crap, they're going to score and uh, yeah. get the goal before halftime." But luckily, he misses just wide. I was convinced that was going to be a goal. As I, well. did too. Um, I did too. I said, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah, it was a great it was a great pass from Vasiliadis. He he kind of cuts uh, sent more to the central part of the the top of the box and draws like every Schalke yeah. player with him for some reason. Because Mikel was going down the right side, and Ochipka was near him, and Sane was kind of in front of him. And once Vasiliadis cut in, like I think Mascarell was in the mix there too. All three of them went to the same person. Like no one marked the runner. Everyone just like bit on that that dribble from Vasiliadis, which was not good to see. And then he makes his great kind of diagonal back out into the run of Mikel, and then he, I mean he just uh. I think he maybe reached for it a little bit and so didn't get around it enough. But, uh, yeah, he hit that off target, and that was a massive wasted opportunity because they completely sliced through us on that play. Um, again, not a great moment for Sane there. 
Um, Ochipka too kind of gave up on it, which I didn't enjoy watching. But um, I will say that Ochipka I think had a good game outside of that moment, um, particularly going forward. Uh, and so I think I think he continues to have a, a pretty solid campaign, which as as we've talked about on previous podcasts, I've been pleased with his play so far. Uh, but yeah, definitely good to avoid that. That would have uh, changed the halftime team talk for sure if they had uh, <laughs> edged out yeah. back in front right right at the the end of the first half there. And you never like to see your team get undressed like that. Um, usually, if your team gets undressed, it's it seems with us at least when that happens, it's not a play that deserved. It wasn't a deserved play where it's like something like really. How'd you let them go by? I, th- I thought the, the play by Vasiliadis um, was really good. I mean, it's a really sneaky, really smart play. Uh, still, we should have stopped it, but you know, I'll give him full credit for the move he did and and the way he got to set up his teammate there. So, um, you know, with halftime goes it goes one one. Um, I thought this is an interesting stat, which I didn't realize. I knew Bergsteller had a lot of opportunities in the first half, uh, but he had six attempts on goal. Um, obviously, none of them went in. Um, he's obviously getting. So we 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 talk about about Bergsteller how uh, he he hasn't done he doesn't do much when he's out there, especially this season at least. You know, he, Father Time seems to catch it up with him. Uh, doesn't have obviously doesn't have the pace, never really did, but uh, he just has been doing more more bad than good out there, not creating much. Um, this is a black hole when he gets to pass and stuff like that, but uh, he did have six attempts on goal, so at least he was in the right place at the right time for the most part. He just wasn't uh, putting on that finishing touch uh, to get the goals. Yeah, I mean, we had, I think, as a team, something like 12 shots in the first half, and half of those were, were Bergstaller. Just, it, it needs to be better. I mean, if you get six opportunities for shots in, in, in at one half of football, and I'm not saying all of those were like, totally clean like full chances there are probably a couple half chances mixed in there but you get that many opportunities you need to either convert them or at least test the goalkeeper far more than he did um just not good enough i mean honestly uh i mean how rare is it that that schalke even create that kind of volume of chances in the first place and yeah. actually break down teams um i mean if we're going to do that we need people to be able to take advantage of them so but yeah, as you said, at least to his credit, he was in the right place at the right time. But I think I think Paderborn was just pretty pretty poor defensively today, and um, it, it didn't seem like we had to do a whole lot of work around the box to create those chances. It would just you know it, they they kind of we, we sliced through them a little bit easier than I think we're going to slice through a lot of teams this season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it was nice to see how. Um... We would continue pushing the pace of the game, and uh, you know, under previous regimes, we would, uh, you know, if we scored a goal, we'd, we'd 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 drop back and try to defend or whatever. We kept it open, kept attacking, and, and you could see we saw we knew we at times in a different part of this, you know, this not this season, but you know, even in the past when we thought we've had a team on the ropes and we didn't continue pushing down their throat to try to get the next goal, we kind of sat back. Absolutely. In this game, we kept going, kept going, and I love seeing that in the first half. I do as well. I, I don't care if it's, you know, newly promoted Paderborn and, you know, I, I, some people would be like, oh, do you really need to keep scoring goals? And, and yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. goal, goal difference is a thing, uh, you know, you need to, and especially for a team like Schalke that, that just has had so many offensive struggles. Um, this is cathartic. I think not just for the fans, but probably for the players, just to open it up and kind of you can you know get some confidence from them and say, hey, we are capable of putting some past. You know, we, we had done pretty well in terms of points, through the first three matches, but had only scored one goal through from open play. Yeah, um, uh, you know, in that in that time, so that, that that was I'm sure that was something that was hanging over the team a little bit. 
uh, it was certainly hanging over the fan base. So they exercised some demons with that performance today, which was which was great. Yeah, zero goals in the first two games and uh, eight over the le- the next two. Uh, we'll get to that more, but um, you know when the team is playing, I guess well. Uh, you never want to see a break come because you never know how the momentum is going to swing after that. Is the momentum going to keep going or is the other team going to take over, you know, with the halftime adjustment talks and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, Shaka came out and continued the way they, were, they ended the first half, really. Uh, 49th minute, I mean, Harit, the guy we keep talking about throughout the game, uh, he ends up setting up Serdar. It was nice to see Serdar kind of uh, pushing the pace a little bit more and, and trying to get into the play. He gets a shot off that misses just wide, but it's nice to see Serdar jump in there and try to take that shot. Um, it's It's... Too often that we have the midfielders, especially the ones who play in the six roles, that um, they're in positions where they probably could shoot and they don't. And it's nice to see Serta jump on, jump in there and take a shot, right? Absolutely. Uh, I would love for him to be involved in that a little bit more. Um, I thought today he, especially in the first half at least, I, I wasn't thrilled with his off-the-ball movement in terms of how much effort he was putting in to try to make himself available as an outlet for his teammates. Um, he's always pretty good on the ball and he was good on the ball today when he had it at his feet. I just, I just thought that some of his work rate and effort to get into those positions was lacking, but, um, definitely popped up in the second half around the box, um, uh, with a little bit more frequency. Yeah. And moments later, really, he popped back up again. Yeah. Uh, Schalke got, you know, back in the box. Uh, it pinballs around a bunch of different players, you know, hard to keep track, but ultimately ends up the Surter. um, you may want some people want to say uh Harry got the assist of the back heel flick, but it kinda of hit he back heel flicks it to like a Paderborn player bounces off of them and goes right to Serdar who puts it away. I think deflect off a defender, but um goal I mean goal is a goal, two one. Uh it's nice to see Serdar get it and it's nice to see us continue being in the box like that. So uh good goal overall, I think. Yeah, Chipka has it down the left hand side, plays it across, uh, and falls to Harit, like you said, who tries to kind of dribble around a couple people. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to have the angle there, so he, he back heals it or tries to back heal it, heal it to to Oot, uh, but it ends up hitting a, a Paderborn player and gets flicked out to uh, to Serdar, who just has a go. Uh, it, it does take a wicked deflection. I don't think there's any way that goes in if it doesn't, because once again, kind of like Bergstar, that thing was heading straight at the keeper. Yeah. Um, but I've I've talked about I've I've been a big proponent of this over the years. Like there, there's times I feel like Schalke sometimes. That was eloquent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They dance around a little bit too much. And I'm always like, something just take a shot. Eventually, just just like put your laces through it, have a rip, and see what happens. And sometimes good stuff happens. Like it's kind of like in baseball, right? You just got to put the ball in play. Yeah. And uh, if you hit it hard and, you know, somebody can make a mistake or it can, you know, can surprise you. And uh, I have no problem with Serdar shooting from outside the box there, and it, and it worked out. He you know, makes good contact with it. The placement wasn't good, but he hits it hard, hits it low, takes a deflection, and goes in. And it's funny that you mentioned that because someone, one of the announcers uh, during the game mentioned also about Harit. Harit's always trying to do something fancy, doing something cute, uh, and, and said he should be taking some shots and, and try to get more goals. Uh, but so it's, it's good to see other players do the same thing as well, and you know, anybody who gets an opportunity to take the shot because – uh, as as the old adage by Wayne Gretzky says, you you don't score for the shots you don't take, you know. So um, take the shots. Um, Fifty sixth minute, you know, a few minutes after that, uh, this is a play I will not um, brag on on Bergstaller because I thought he got a fantastic contact on this ball. Uh, it was a a corner kick. Bergstaller gets an excellent header in my opinion, but Huth, um, another a big save on on, on Bergstaller. 
It just seems like Huth had Burkseller's number all game long, and this one in particular was a great save. A great, great contact, I thought, by Burkseller. It was, looked like it was going top corner, and Huth just made a diving save. I thought that was a free kick from Calajuri. Oh, maybe it was a free kick, yeah. Just so many corners in the game, you lose track of th- <laughs> Who, by the way, had yet another pretty bad game uh, by his standards, I think. Although, yeah. I, although I think his set-piece delivery was good for the most part. And he, that, and that yeah, was, it's open play stuff that's voiding, void. Yeah, there, there, there have been a lot of people calling for him to to be taken out of that right wing position, and I've been kind of pushing back against it, but because I thought he was going to turn it around. Yeah, another another shaky one from him today. But yeah, um, it's a really good ball in. Bergshaw kind of does this like flicked on header, but with a lot of power, makes a lot of contact with it, and uh, it's 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 a full extension save from Huth. It's it's a it's a brilliant save. I really thought that one was was going to go in, and he was finally gonna 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 beat him because uh, it was probably the best effort that he had all game I think um but the goalkeeper was equal to the task there and, and and kept it out and obviously well not obviously you know a lot of times we as fans we we see something in the game we're like how does the manager not see this why aren't they doing why aren't they reacting the way we we see and they, we think they should um I think and the uh, Wagner in this case was on the same wavelength as everybody with Calajiri not having that great of a game um he comes off for Weston McKinney and you know and also to not kind of save the grace for all of us between Huth and Uth. He took he takes off Uth and brings in Ahmed Katuchu, the free Katuchu movement. Um just after the hour mark, both these players come in. And I thought once these two players came in, though Shaka were playing well, they got better once these two players came in. What did you think about the, the moves? I was really surprised that he subbed in Weston McKinney and kept him in the position that Calajuri was playing, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, um, and I know you have you know you have Mascarell and Setter on the pitch at that point, but I didn't expect him to put McKenney out wide right. That just seemed an odd use of him. But uh, it did work know, though, right? Schalke's gonna Schalke when it comes to messing, <laughs> messing with Weston McKenney's you know positions. <laughs> um, yeah, the free Katuchu movement. Loved, I saw so many hashtag free Katuchus on Twitter today. Yes, from like random people that I've never spoken to. Yep, it was phenomenal. I loved every second of it. Um, love that the movement's gaining some steam on the interwebs. Uh, Maybe it's finally yeah. gotten to Wagner, right? Because it came in the 65th this time or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a little bit earlier than than uh, I think he had a couple times. Uh, maybe not. Actually, he probably came in earlier than that in the Bayern game. But, um, yeah, we'd love to see him start. Like, I, don't, I don't know why Oot gets the start over Katuchu. I, yeah. I, I, just, I just I don't understand that. Or if you're going to start you really want to get him like, like you know match minutes and give him a start like why isn't Katucci starting over Bergschaller I don't understand it um I wonder if there's like a fitness concern or something with that but the kid's good the kid's real good so yeah I, I was I was pleased with those two subs I'm never going to complain about Weston McKinney coming on the pitch obviously yeah um just was raised an eyebrow about the position that they put him in but he would make you forget about that concern. Uh, in the 71st minute, uh, a fantastic team goal by Schalke and Harit, really. Uh, Nubel, he does, his lo- he does his long cross diagonal passes that he always does to what, to uh, John Joe Kenny. John Joe Kenny gives it to Weston McKinney, who flicks it back to Kenny. Uh, Kenny goes down the right flank. Uh, then he crosses it in uh, behind Katuchu and goes right to Harit, who puts it away. When he got that ball, uh, uh, from uh, John Joe Kenny, I said, "What are we gonna do here?" I thought he was. Gonna, I saw a crowd of players there, but the little, the little feint he did to get open and then take the time to look at the goal and then shoot it in the right place. Excellent team goal, I thought by them. Um, the the Kenny to McKinney connection really working really well on the right wing. 
Yeah, the whole thing starts off uh, from the the Nubel goal kick. So it, it was yeah. just like it was. It happens so fast. Uh, plays the diagonal goal kick out to to Kenny, um, who plays it to Weston McKenney. As as you said, the Kenny McKenney connection. Um, good ball from McKenney right back to to Jonjo, and then Jonjo just turns on the Jets, and he's kind of fighting off a defender the entire way, but gets into the box, plays a nice cutback, and. Uh, yeah, it's Harit when he drops his shoulder is so dangerous. I, I forget which defender it was for Paderborn. It might have been maybe it was number twenty five. Yeah, I don't remember. Is it Dragon? It's a good I don't move know. either way. Um, but like <laughs> he, he's he kind of run steps up to try to intercept the pass, and uh, like he's not going to quite get there. But Harit kind of like uses his momentum against him and lets the ball come across his body to his yep. left foot, and then opens his hips up and and, and puts it away. And just that, I mean. It doesn't really look like he did a whole lot there, but his whole the, the whole way he received that ball with his body positioning was so intelligent. Yeah. Um, and then had a nice finish on, on the end of it. And uh as you mentioned earlier, I think I think goals is something that have been missing from Harit's game. Um people expected him to make more of an impact in terms of goals you know, directly into the score sheet. Uh, you know, we love we love the things he does in open play in terms of, you know, just being almost impossible to take off the ball and, and breaking so many defensive lines with his dribbling and everything, but uh, it hasn't made the impact of the score sheet that we would have liked to see, but that was a phenomenal piece of play from the whole team. But yeah, it's a really good finish for Harit. You could see how excited he was about it. I think he ran all the way to David Wagner yes, he did. and like jumped into him and which, you know, maybe, maybe Wagner's had a, a big impact in helping him turn things around after the, uh, I mean, the almost non-existent campaign he had last season because he barely played. But I mean, this is the thing, like, Harit at his best is is a really really good player. Yes, he is. Harit at his absolute best is an X factor for this team. Um, you saw a lot of it the first season under Tedesco when we brought him in. Uh, you know, still very raw. Um, he looks a lot more polished at the moment than he did back then. But he's been playing really well this season, and and this this game was a, a shining example of that. He's he's a absolutely a difference maker for us. Yeah, finished a cool finish with his left foot there, and he almost looks like a new player, like he was in the first year. Um, I mean, obviously last year with the whole World Cup situation and and, and the fatality of the, of the of the of the person, uh, it probably it probably messed with his head all season long, and you know not getting. Uh, uh, consistent minutes and gameplay suffering and all that stuff, but under under Wagner, like you said, I think he's got a resurgence and uh, he's just playing so well. The way we we remembered him playing when he first joined the team, and um, now if he gets some goals in him, uh, he may get some confidence and really become a dangerous player for Schalke, which is uh, which is absolutely great to see. And and you know not to uh, not to be forgotten on the play. I think you know we talk about you know Nubel to Kenny to McKenny and and Harit. I think Amikatuchu did a great thing by not doing anything on the pass when uh, when John Joe Kenny passed it behind him. He just let the ball go. Um, I think if it was another person in position, maybe like a Bergstaller, he would have swallowed up the pass up and, and the play would have never happened. But I think Katuchu was smart about it, let, let it run. And I guess Harit may have been just yelling for it or something. I don't know. But uh, great to let him let the ball go and, and then Harit with the finish. So overall, it was great to see Schalke score an open play goal like that. Uh, it's not too not too common we have to see that, but uh, when it happens, they seem to be beauties, right? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. There may have been a shout that Harit made to have him leave it because he was definitely in a position where he could have reached that if he wanted to, and he kind of jumped out of the way last minute. So I, I don't, I don't know if he knew that Harit was there if there was something said to him, but uh, if there was communication on the pitch, it was excellent communication and definitely facilitated uh, that one going in. So uh, just more 
I mean, Kitucci didn't do a whole lot on that play, but he did the right thing on that play, which is important. Yes. Sometimes maybe a guy like Bergstaller just tries to force himself on that situation um, when it's not the best for you know the overall team move. Yeah, and you always wonder how the the you know Katucho will continue to do good things in the game, and you know sometimes when you see Katucho up there with a Burksell, Burksell is a, is, a, is a striker, not not striker. Uh, he tends to be selfish, which all strikers are. Is when they get the ball, they just want to score, and you know, and you're, you're afraid when you got a player that uh, dynamic as as Katucho, Maybe if he's open, you know, the striker is not going to feed him the ball as he as he probably should. You know, just take shots. And we've heard about even last game where Burksell has some open passes to give people, and he just went for the shot and and gets blocked. But in 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 the 83rd minute. Um, we would see a unselfish Bergstaller, a uh, Harit again doing what he does, gives it to Bergstaller, and you can see the run by Katucho going, and you're wondering if Bergstaller's going to hit him, but he hit him perfectly, I thought. Uh, Harit, I mean, Katucho, excuse me, uh, makes his move around the, goal, the goalkeeper. Uh, he waits for Collins to go to go past him, and he shoots the pass and, and scores the goal. Uh, great Katucho, free Katucho movement. Uh, gets even stronger with that goal. Uh, what 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 more can be said? I mean, Katucha scores. You know, coming off the bench, amazing, incredible composure in front of the net for a young player. Uh, absolutely, I mean, yeah, and that's what we love about him. Is you know, we, we talk about how indecisive Bergstaller is at times with the ball at his feet. Uh, Katucha just never looked out of control there, and looked very intentional with what he was trying to do and, and, and waited for his moment. Um, to, I mean, to give Bergstaller credit though, Bergstaller was. Very important in that goal. He he picked the ball up centrally in his own half, and I think yeah. he's the one that played that all the way out to Harit, who was streaking down the wing. And then Harit just puts a ridiculous piece of dribbling on uh, one of the defenders, and then as the window is closing, kind of like toe pokes it all the way across to to Bergstaller. Um, I mean, just it's a filthy play from Harit to get that over there. Yeah, uh, and uh, Bergstaller, I think, just like one time, like first touch passes that right into the path. Of Katuchu uh, runs around the keeper, kind of fakes fakes his shot a couple times to get him to go down, um, and then uh, from a very tight angle ends up getting that back across into the center of the goal. I mean, not like an extremely tight angle, but you know, it it, it, it was difficult. When, <laughs> when you watch the replay, it doesn't look as tight. When you watch that live, you almost thought that maybe he had gone too far and you know ruined the opportunity, but um, just very well taken. And yeah, you, I mean, you love to see that from a guy as young as him to. To do that with the amount of, I mean, just it, it was icy. To, it was icy. He seems to be able to score those goals too, because he scored a goal last year like that, where it was it was even closer to the to the to the the goal line, and he still got it in somehow. So, yeah, the great composure by the kid, uh, four to one, Jack. At that point, uh, what's the last time we had four goals? Well, I, I mean, I think we can think about that, but um, it was it was against it was the, the Dortmund game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, four one at this point. I'm like, oh, this is this is great to see. I'm like, I'm just so happy. The game, the game is, you know, we know what the scoreline is going to be now. We can just relax and enjoy the game. Uh, but Chaka, we're not done at this point. Uh, two minutes later, uh, Bastian Ochipka would get it to Amin Harit. Uh, he get it back to Ochipka. Would be back to Harit. Uh, this did a little give and go between those two, which is great to see, honestly. Uh, and it got to Burksaller, who attempted to center to McKinney. Uh, it was just a little far ahead of McKinney. He couldn't reach it. Uh, it goes across the box. Uh, Katuchu gets it on the goal line with a quick like uh, backflip pass to himself, uh, and he centers it for, to someone yelling. And who that person was was uh, well, I mean Harit. I mean Harit puts it away with his right foot. A brace for the youngster. Um, another great team goal. A five-one. What a goal that one was! It just shows you how many, how how much of the pitch Harit was covering in this one. Is that <laughs> exactly. everywhere? 
Yeah, that play starts off with him against the sideline at midfield. And then he makes a run down the sideline, ends up receiving it, and he's the one that plays the cross in from the left side of the field. Uh, not the cross, but play, plays it forward into the path of uh, of Bergstahler, who yeah. – uh, pretty good ball from Bergstahler, just a little bit out in front of McKinney. If he had cut that back a little bit more, I think that's a, you know, a, a one-touch finish from McKinney. McKinney tries to reach. He just can't quite get there. Um, but Katucci is, is – making a very good uh, like parallel run. And so he's in position to go track that ball down when it rolls past the goal. Um, and then Paderborn, I think it's a very bad defensive play. <laughs> they all, I mean, I'm looking at the replay as we speak. There's six Paderborn players that are all looking at, <laughs> at like the, the keeper's box, the six yard box. Like, I mean, they're all like almost an exactly straight line and, and Harit just popped out a little bit deeper into the box and was wide open. I don't know how nobody picked that up or saw that coming. Smart play by Yeah, him. it's not not great positioning. But, uh, yeah, Katucci just picks his head up and, and reads wide open, plays it in. First-time finish. He loved the confidence for him to just hit that first time and uh, finds a little window between a couple of defenders and Huth can't dive and get to it. And uh, it's 5-1, just like that. And David Wagner was popping off over on the sideline. Like, I mean, he, he loved it too, so he wasn't like – you know, being reserved with his celebrations <laughs> at five goals. He, I mean, he, he was all about it. I think he was. Probably, I love seeing that. I think he's probably feeling the same way. I mean, you know, as, as a manager of a new team, you're trying to turn him around, haven't scored a lot of goals early in the season, and then you have a, you have a performance like this. I'm sure he loved it just as much as everyone else did. Yeah. And, you know, if, and, and there's a reason why the free Katushu movement gets stronger and stronger every time this kid plays. A goal and assist in what, 35 minutes of gameplay. Um, the hashtags were going on galore, like you said. Uh, it's just great to see this kid as an impact player. There's no reason he shouldn't be on, he shouldn't be starting every game. Um, you see what he does, both him and McKinney when they came to the game. I think the game changed even better, even though that Paco Chaco were playing well. I thought when those two came in, in particular, Katuchu, he just he's everywhere and he's smart. And you were talking about composure earlier on the goal on this play, smart by him to make that parallel run just in case the ball goes by McKinney and then gets a rebound, right? How, how many other players are going to do that? Um, to be in that position also, and then cross it back in. So, uh, good on him. A great, great assist to him to to Harit and Harit with a brace. I mean, that's that's amazing. You love to see him not only score, but you know, scoring two goals in a game. He was thrilled. Uh, that's this might be a this may open the the dam for him and with that confidence. And now that he's scoring, uh, maybe he'll really uh, start to open up and sh- really show his true potential. Yeah, I think Harit's a player that everyone is rooting for. Yeah, to turn things around and get back on track and maximize his potential because he has such a high ceiling. We think uh, it was a masterclass from Harit today. Brilliant in so many different areas of the pitch. He was all over the place. You know, phenomenal on the ball as always, but improved I think in terms of his passing and his link up play. And then you know some very decisive finishing. Like both those goals were very well taken. Yeah, and very intentional. And I mean, like looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, which was which was awesome. I mean, that, that's sometimes you talk about strikers when they're just they don't even consider the fact that they're not going to score. They're just in the zone and they make the decision so quickly and it's yep. like what the, what the best do. Um, and sometimes you have other guys that look like they have a crisis of confidence or whatever, and they kind of fumble around with it. Like that's kind of what you're seeing from Bergstahl or Nuth sometimes. But uh, I mean, Harit was just locked in today. Um, it was awesome. And then as far as the Katuchu thing goes, like I'm not trying to say that like. Oh, like we're definitely right because look, he had a goal in the system thirty-five minutes. Obviously, we're not going to expect. <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to expect him to make that kind of contribution every right. time. Every time you see him, but it's it's a very simple question, and the question is, 
you know, do Schalke look more or less dangerous when he's on the pitch? It, it's exactly. not, and that's not a controversial like the answer to that is very clear. I mean, I think Bergstauer looks better when Katucci's on the pitch playing with him. Everybody does. I mean, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, the kids, the kids got to play more. Uh, hopefully, it starts. But I mean, I'll, I'll at a minimum, I'll take the substitute appearances as long as they're like an every match thing and pretty regular thing. Obviously, some of that's game situation dependent. But yeah, I mean, Oot's Oot's gonna get more chances, and he should get more chances. It's a new season. You can't you can't crucify him on the backs of what happened last year. Um, but uh, not a good first showing from Oot. And then, you know, Bergstauer continues to kind of be very iffy in front of goal, despite, you know, some some better link, like link-up play and stuff in the second half. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Katucci is, is a great performance from him. And it, I, I love, you know, the fact that it, we're going to look like idiots if we're, if we're continuously calling for it and then he comes on the pitch and doesn't do anything. <laughs> but that hasn't been the case. I mean, he was phenomenal in the Bayern game, and he was he was fantastic in this one as well. So... I feel like I, we're tur- I feel like we're turning into the uh, it was great to see podcast. You and I said that like thirty times a podcast, but uh, it it really but it was, was great to see. It was great to see. <laughs> you love to see it. You really do. I think I, I think I tweeted uh, Derek Ray after that uh, after the assist to um, I mean Hurry, and I said yep, this is why the freaking tissue movement so strong. You know something to that effect. Uh, anyway, uh, you know that would be the end of the goals. Uh, we would we would see an appearance by Ozan Kabak in the eighty six. He would come on for Serdar. Um, it's a you know straightforward you know just get to get to get your new guy in the game and and sure it up defensively. Uh, full time final score five one for Schalke. I mean I don't know what more else to say. Uh, in this game it was just uh, a great game to see overall. A great performance by the team. It wasn't the perfect performance by any stretch, but I mean considering who they played and everything like that, but they they beat an opponent that they should have beat like you said, and they beat them convincingly. And we scored eight goals in two games. And after zero goals, the first two games. So, um, some people were asking some questions uh, on Twitter, and I and I was like, "When's the last time Schalke scored eight goals in two games?" That's a long time. That's really a long time. So, uh, great to see, uh, great to see all these goals go in, and hopefully they can just keep it right and keep it going for Mainz, right? Absolutely. Uh, we we talked about how you know I think these two games, the Mainz game and the Panawar game, are going to tell us a lot about what we should expect from Schalke this season. Um, you know, difficult first three games to start off, but uh, opponents that are not as challenging in these two. And uh, as I said last week, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm not expecting Schalke to score five goals a game. That's not the standard, but they should be able to beat bad teams in a convincing manner if they want to be a European team. They want to qualify for Europe and be a Champions League team. They need to play like it. And, you know, more often than not, those kind of teams do do what they got to do against against the bottom table teams and this is exactly what i wanted to come out and see in this one um so it was yeah it was it was fantastic it, it's it's the kind of performance you're, you're looking for uh and and hopefully they can keep that momentum going and, and do something similar against against Mainz. and uh yeah i'm, I'm just i'm just so happy for harit i really am i mean it, yeah yeah it just he more than anyone else, like you feel like there was so much wasted potential last season and, and for him to have the start to the season that he's had and then get some goals and just, I mean, he, he was, he jumped off the screen tonight. So he was, he was both of our MVPs, but you said it was a little close. Who would have been your close second, a second runner up? No, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely Harit. I mean, it, it really is. Uh, I mean, I think, I think Katuchu deserves a shout. Um, Certainly. His... Chipko, pretty good game. But I mean, Harit was on the pitch for the entire. I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. not it's not close to Harit. 
Yeah, uh, a great game by him, and hopefully he can keep this up. Uh, we asked we asked uh, Shalka Nation for uh, their comments and questions uh, after the game. Um, some of the comments we got, uh, we got a question from uh, Doug J2, and he says, uh, shouldn't it be obvious after Katuchu's performance today that he needs to be in the lineup? And I'll follow that up with a with a comment by, or comment or question by at Dr. Ed underscore Ruckus. He says, how long before Wag, uh, Wagner Wagner learns his lesson with Bergstaller? So, you know, it's a question we've been asking is like, when is he, how, at what point is he going to put um, Katuchu in the starting lineup? And is Bergstaller going to be the one he's going to be replacing? Is it going to be Uth? Who's it going to be? Where do you put him, you know? I, I don't know. I, I think... <sighs> You're talking about like when he's going to learn his lesson. Like I, I would have been doing it from the beginning of the season, right? And, and I would have, I would have thought that after the Bayern performance, that would have been enough. Like how how dramatic of a difference there was in the team, in our attacking attacking capabilities, first half to second half, from when Katuchu came on the pitch. Um, to me, that was just direct evidence of it. Uh, still hasn't happened though, for whatever reason. Uh, and uh, it's also tough because, like I said, when Katuchu came on, I think Bergstaller played better. Uh, yeah, he did. And, yeah, so it's it's kind of it's it's tough. I think I think maybe yeah maybe you play Harit out wide on the left, like where he spent a lot of time today, and then you play Katuchu and and Bergstaller up front. Um, maybe and I wouldn't have an issue with Bergstaller on the pitch if you also have Katuchu on the pitch. It's just been an issue where it seems like so far this season it's been an, it's been an either or, um, rather than you know both of them at the same time. So and I think if you have Katuchu out there who who's obviously a spark plug for us, I mean for the whole team, the whole team just uplifts our game when he's out there and you got him going with Harit the way he's playing this season, that'd be a dangerous combination uh to have on the pitch at the same time. And at that point like you said, Burksaller seems to play better with when Katuchu's out there. So maybe give him a go and you know the question then is what do you do with the rest of the midfield? You know, do you keep Mascarell there and Sarah there? Do you keep McKenny on the right? Do you put him back in the middle? That's so many questions then we'll go from there. Um, but I think, you know, at the minimum, like you said a little bit earlier, is that at least bring him on in like, you know, 65th minute every game or something. But we would like to see him uh, in the starting lineup at some point. I wouldn't be against maybe putting Serdar where Calajuri is right now. Okay. Um, or maybe even giving Shupf a chance with some minutes out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a wait and see thing. But uh, I mean, it's going to be, yeah, it's definitely going to be frustrating if nothing changes in terms of. Katuchu's involvement, I think he needs to have a, a larger minute share for sure. I mean, even even if it's not starting games, I mean, just like, I don't know. These these smaller cameos are just not not cutting it for me. He He's clearly such an important player and, and makes an impact, and he, he needs to be on the pitch more so he can make that impact even greater. So we're going to continue on with some of the more positive comments that we got. Um, on Facebook, Charlie, Charlie wrote just an exclamation marks of victory. Uh, Frank Kutkowski, he wrote, freaking great, loved it. Uh, Shaka Eagle wrote, uh, wish we could play every match from start to finish the way we close this one out. I mean, I agree 100%. Um, at G Mana on Twitter said, I'm just excited about Harit's resurgence, kind of what we talked about. Oh, and we need to bend Uth. So he's already off the Uth bandwagon after a uh, one start. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I understand. Like I said, I don't, I don't want to give up on him yet. I, I'm willing to, it, it's, a, it's a new season. It's a blank slate. I'm willing to give everyone multiple opportunities to prove things. Like I said, like I haven't, I'm not even fully out on Calajuri despite, I think, four pretty mediocre games from him in a row. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, get a couple more opportunities up front before I 
been him completely. But yeah, not 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 the ideal start that he would have wanted. Nope. But I we fully agree with what the resurgence of I mean Harit and the way he's been looking this season, and then the cap of two goals in this game. Um, and then uh, to close out the the, the Twitter comments uh, from at spin seventy, he just says, "I just want to re up that Sane is our best all around uh, center back, great in the air, decent man marker, and the best distributor of the ball out of the defensive third. Uh, Sane should be our best defender." Uh, and he's starting to play like it, and with a goal, and getting goals like that too, it's going to help a lot. But he is pretty solid there for most of the time. And like we said on the goal, sometimes he gets a little out there and misplaces guys or something or loses his guys. But for the most part, he's a solid defender. And he, I mean, there was a questionable play earlier in the game where he went down. Uh, one of the, I forget who it was, maybe it was Mamba, tried to beat him around, or beat him around the edge, and he went down and tried to tackle him. I was like, oh, don't get a foul, don't get a foul. But luckily, it was no foul on that play. But yeah. I think I think Stan Bully might have something to say about Sané being called the best distributor out of the back. <laughs> but I, I will say that I, I did notice several times today Sané made a really nice pass. A couple of them in the air, like little chip passes that like just completely bypassed the defensive line. And he makes and good runs forward too. You know, yeah, he, he's not he's not terrible in possession, uh, marauding forward. I mean, like definitely not something like like Matip that used to be very good at that. Um, but he he does. Some progressive things for sure at, at times, which is which is nice. It's, it's definitely a quality that he has. Um, and then uh, the one uh, Twitter comment or question we had, I guess it was a comment uh, from at Christo Freeman, Christopher Freeman. He says, "Next to Caligiuri, Burkseller is the most frustrating player in the squad." And honestly, I can, I, I see where he's why he's saying that because to me, maybe to you too, Burkseller is the most frustrating player. Uh, just because we like him, but he just doesn't have the capabilities anymore. Calgary, I see why he's frustrated because Calgary has we we know he can play better. He's played better uh, this season for whatever reason. Is he's not uh, lining up with the with the uh, the scheme of of Wagner or what? But he just not bringing it so far this season. His set pieces still are there, but just during the gameplay, it just. Uh, he, for whatever reason, he's yeah. not linking up people. The first, uh, the first goal. I mean, the, the only the only Paderborn goal. Um, Caligiuri started that off. That was his fault. Yeah, the, the ball turnover. came to him, and he was getting closed down, and for some reason, just made this very inadvisable pass right in into the defender that was in front of him. For I don't, I don't know what he was doing on that play, and that gets deflected over to uh, I think Mikel, who takes it down into the corner and then plays the cross for for Collie to finish off. So. Um, yeah, not only is he maybe not contributing on the offensive end to the extent that we would have wanted to, um, some sketchy play in the midfield from him as well, uh, not helping his his cause. But uh, you know, he's he's been so good for us the last couple of seasons. I, I'm still optimistic he can turn it around. Oh, one hundred percent. I think so too. But let's see. It is frustrating when he doesn't play well, or the team some certain guys don't play well. But you know, I'm willing to give him most of the guys. Uh, uh, a second or third chance just to see, make, see if they can get out of this little funk and and get back into the way we were accustomed to see them playing. So, um, before we get into the preview of mine, so I want to touch a couple really quick news bits uh, that I was reading. Uh, uh, that was curious to me, and I'm just want to curious on your take. And we can make this really quick um, and take this one with a grain of salt. Uh, this is from the Bavarian Football Works. It's on uh, Alexander Nubel. Uh, Nubel's agent Stefan Box was on the Fever Pitch podcast. And apparently he said something to the effect of um, Nubel will not listen to offers from other people until the winter break, and that's when he will decide his future. Uh, They're trying to say, you know, maybe his future with the the Royal Blues is up in the air or in question. But, I mean, take that what you will. Uh, Again, it's from a pro-Bayern website. So do you take anything from that, from those comments or anything? 
it's becoming a very similar situation to what the Goretzka situation was. Yeah. Which is where he's just kind of being cocky about it a little bit and being like, oh, you know, it's a difficult decision. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm not in any rush to make the decision. I'm under no pressure to do it, yada, yada. Um, all I hope is that if he is going to leave, he gives us an opportunity to sell him rather than having his contract wind down. Yeah. Which is what, you know, we, we complain about on this podcast all the time is, is losing young talent for for no compensation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not too invested in it at the moment. Um, I think he's a good goalkeeper. I'd like him to stay here. Uh, I hope he I hope he does. But I'm not particularly interested in having interview questions posed to him every single week yeah. about the status of his contract. I don't think it helps anybody. It's it's clear that he doesn't care about you know figuring it out now and, and he's not motivated to do that so i don't think anyone else should spend any time worrying about it. i mean i think the club obviously behind the scenes should be still trying to negotiate with him and lock it up because i'd like to secure his services but as far as like you know how much we need to cover that and how much the media should be covering that in general i think it's i think it's just distracting and kind of a waste of time i i agree 100 percent with that so not, i don't think i need to add on to anything about that Moving on to another piece, uh, this one's from the Football Fan Cast, and it's kind of it kind of sparked my interest because uh, during today's game, someone mentioned how uh, um, Juan Miranda, the new uh, left back we got from FC Barcelona on loan, uh, has a clause in his contract that says he has to play a minimum of twenty games. And I was like, wait, is this real? So I did some digging around, um, and from from this website, F- Football Fan Cast. Uh, I'm going to quote them. It says, crucial for Barcelona, and that simple detail was, along with the 20-game condition, makes this transfer all that more acceptable. So that's the reason, all reason they, they, they let him come to Schalke is because they added this clause. Um, and so it was Mundo Deportivo who broke the story a couple of days ago. This is back in you know, before the deal went through, obviously. It claimed that the Blaugrana Barcelona have <clears throat> excuse me, have inserted a clause which states that Miranda has to play at least 20 games or otherwise he will be recalled back after this first season. That means uh, he'll more likely get some game experience uh, or he'll go back to the Barcelona B team, um, which I didn't know until you know someone mentioned this today. And so I'm like, oh, 20 games, um, especially with Ochepka playing well now. It's like, I mean, you'll have to have uh, competition, right, because that makes guys better. Um, but uh, I did not know about this clause. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on the clause of some of stipulation just like that. Yeah, with the way Miranda's playing, you you I mean, wow, with the way Ochim is playing, <laughs> you really wonder where those twenty games are going to come from at the moment. Obviously, injury could happen. Let's hope that doesn't isn't the case. But we're not in European competition this year either, so that's more limited fixtures than maybe we would have had in previous seasons, and you know, more opportunities to get him worked in. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I guess it's going to become a question of how motivated Schalke are to actually retain his services for an additional. Additional season, it could be that they that all they really care about is just the depth, um, rather than actually using him all that frequently. Yeah. But I totally understand from Barcelona's perspective, um, they wouldn't want to sign you know an, an extended loan deal only to have him kind of rot on the bench and not get vital match minutes that he could be getting with Barcelona B or whatever or you know whatever team he was playing with. Um, I mean, it makes sense to put that stipulation in there so that they can end the loan if it's not going. Um, the way that they would like to see it going in terms of, you know, helping develop their product there. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to monitor that over the course of the season and see how that goes. I just, with Ochipka playing the way he's playing, I, I mean, unless they're just going to sub him on for five, And does that 10, count as a game? And does that count as yeah, a game? Yeah, exactly. You know? I, I don't know how many, if it's like a minutes thing or if it, what it is. Because, I mean, if Schalke just sub him on in the 87th minute 20 times, I don't really think that um, 
is the spirit of what Barcelona were trying to achieve with with that clause. And I wonder, I was wondering about why they even put this clause in in the first place. Well, so I, I did some more digging around. And apparently, Barcelona thinks that this guy's going to be the next like great left back in the world football. Um, he just signed an extension before they shipped him off to Schalke, where they put a a, a a purchase clause of 200 million euros on him. So they think he's obviously going to be uh, the bee's knees, if you will. Um, and so they put a big price tag on him, so no one can try to buy him. Um, and if they do, you know, whatever. But at least they get money for it. But so they they obviously think this guy's a real deal. So I, and if that's the case, I'm curious to see how he does on the pitch. Then you know, obviously his first few days in Gelson Kirchner, he was wearing like long sleeve pants and shirts because uh, it's too cold <laughs> for him. You yeah. know, and everybody else is in t-shirts and tank tops. But um, I want to see what this kid's made of. Really, uh, give him a couple games. You know, maybe maybe Mainz is a great opportunity or, or a smaller team like that. Um, a smaller lower end of the table. I want to see what he's got. Maybe if he's that good, maybe he will be an upgrade for Ochipka. I don't know, but Ochipka, like you said, is playing well at the moment, and it's going to be hard to see uh, fathom where he's going to get those minutes in right now. But um, yeah, I'm just curious to see with a price tag like that what this kid actually can do on the pitch. So Ochipka had injury issues last season. Certainly, wouldn't be a bad idea to to maybe rotate him occasionally, even if he's yeah. playing well, just to keep him fresh and keep him fit. So. I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll see Miranda sooner rather than later. But he's 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 only been at the club a short time. He's got to get integrated. He's got to, you know, figure things out in training before Wagner's going to put him in a, a match situation. I'm sure. And then the last bit I wanted to I just want to get your opinion on because I got this from the Runner Sports uh, and they were grading these summer transfers of all the all the Bundesliga clubs and they gave Schalke a grade of D plus and that's not the that's not what I want to ask you about but the, my my what I want to ask you is the question or the the comments that this writer made and let me read it real quick it says truthfully it wasn't easy to not drop him down to an F being Schalke. Uh, Wagner has already failed on so many fronts. I don't agree with that. The questionable investments he made over the summer are already looking like busts. I disagree also there. And the efforts to replace the sole players have been inexplicably half-assed. A sense of urgency lacks in both the Schalke midfield and the front office. Bentaleb may have failed his physical, but it's this organization that looks to be stumbling around badly wounded. So what is your opinion of the comments he made uh, on Schalke? Was that written by Critty Smith? <laughs> <laughs> or some other Dorman fan, like in, like who who wrote that? That was, um, yeah. I certainly don't agree. I mean, I don't know why the 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 author there thinks that David Wagner is entirely in charge of Schalke's transfer policy. It's a strange claim to make that he's that David Wagner has already failed on so many fronts in terms of the people yeah. he's brought in. What? No. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know what, what this guy was smoking. Um, although I I don't I don't disagree with the general grade. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually agree with the, the author on that. I just I don't agree with what the what the cause of that is. I mean, we have <clears throat> other people in positions that are um, you know tasked with overseeing a lot of that. It's not just David Wagner doing that exclusively. But we we didn't. I don't think we did. I mean, that's why I picked us. You know, tenth in the table preseason was that I just I looked at the moves we made, the few ones that we did make, and I, I didn't think that was enough to really turn things around. Um, to the extent that we would have hoped. I, I expected us to get a boost from David Wagner, and I think we certainly have. I'm really pleased with the way we're, we're looking um, under him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I expected to probably need more reinforcements, particularly on the attacking end, for us to, to, to make a difference. And, uh, yeah, D-plus is probably fair, honestly. <laughs> well, we'll have to see how uh, Kabak turns out as, as, a, as a player. If he starts getting regular minutes and just looks phenomenal, then I think that would probably influence what you would say that the grade was, but obviously he's, he was just working his way back to fitness and has gotten just a couple 
cameos here now. Yeah, but John Joe Kennedy's been uh, excellent so far, I think, this season. So um, let's go into the Mines preview real quick. Um, you know, going to this weekend, we were like, hey, you know, Mines will probably John be John Joe Kennedy real quick. Sorry, didn't Yes, you. go for it. Bundesliga rookie of September. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well-deserved. So I wanted to give him a shout-out for that because that got released, I think, earlier in the week that he was, uh, you know, for the first month of the season, the Bundesliga Rookie of the Month, which is awesome. And, and well-deserved, I think. I think outside of the uh, the Coman penalty, he's played uh, pretty darn well. And uh, assist today, uh, goal last week. Um, so not only, you know, playing pretty competently on the defensive end, but um, having an impact on the score sheet, which is a huge thing to get from a our, from our right-back. John, Joe, we know we're, we know you're listening, and we apologize for not bringing this up earlier in the podcast. It's our apologies. You can blame me for this one, okay? <laughs> uh, so yeah, John, Joe, Kenny, rookie of the month, uh, and now to Mainz. You know, you know, going before we played Paderborn, we said, you know, on paper you probably think the new team in the Bundesliga would be the easier of the two, but we kind of thought, you know, the way Mainz has played this season up to up until this weekend, that they would have been the easier uh, easier fix. I mean. They had uh, losses to oh, first in the DFB Pokal to Kaiserslautern. Uh, they lost two nothing. So you lose to a, you know a team like that in a lower division, and then they got killed by Freiburg three nothing. They lost to Gladbach three one, and then they got destroyed by Munich six uh, one. So they're zero three coming into this weekend, and so like okay, well that's going to be easy, the easier of the two games of the of the of lower lower end teams. But then they played Hertha, a team we beat last week, and they beat them two one. Um, so does that change the way you think about them at all? Uh, you had goals from Quaison and then St. Eus, uh in the 88th minute. So what are your thoughts on Mainz going into this one? No, it, the Hertha result doesn't change the way I feel about Mainz at all. It just changes the way I feel about Hertha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I picked Hertha to finish, I think, maybe ninth ahead of us slightly. And uh, they're in free fall at the moment. Are they bottom of the league? Yes, they are. Just like, ahead what, months. Like, I mean, I, I bet they're hitting the panic button over there right now. They just cannot get it together for whatever reason. And I think that squad is, is good enough to, to get some results. But like, I feel like, like they got an injection of 150 million euros this year, too. So it's just even more scaring for them that they invested all this money and then they're bottom of the table. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with them right now, but they were not. I mean, they, the Bayern game, they looked decent. Uh, but you know they got beaten pretty soundly by Wolfsburg. They did not look good against us, and they just lost to Mainz now too. Um, yeah, not not a good look for them. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not particularly concerned. I mean, maybe it's possible that I didn't watch the Mainz Hertha game. Maybe it's possible that Hertha played well and Mainz, you know, had a really good game and is about to turn the corner or something. But um, you know, that loss to Kaiserslautern in the DFB Pokal, it was you know the the first warning sign, I think for them to start off the season. And then they, you know, they, they go right into actual Bundesliga play with three consecutive losses, a couple of them by, you know, three plus goals. So, uh, no, I'm not particularly worried about it. I just, you know, as I said about the Paderborn game, it's a team you should beat. Got to beat them. I'm, I'm looking for I think we're playing on Friday, right? It's the Friday night one. I believe it is. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, we're going to be, uh, kicking the weekend off right with, uh, with another shock victory. And hopefully, hopefully we are, uh, you know, even though Mainz are struggling mightily this season, they do have some players, at least, that, that draw my interest. Obviously, former Schalke player Adam Salai is on the team. Uh, Quaison, as we mentioned, he scored a goal. Um, Boitius, he, he's, he played well against us last year. Um, the guy speaks almost as many languages as me, Edmilson uh, Fernandez. Humble brag. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he, he did well. He, he always does well, it seems like, um, against us. And then also Anisiwu, 
I was a player who'd kind of tormented us last year. It seemed like at least in the, in the one victory against us. So, um, any predictions? Obviously, you said you, you're hoping for a, a win at this one. Do you get any uh, predictions for scores in this one? Five one? <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go two nil. Two nil. I like it. I say they're gonna continue on from this. Uh, I'm gonna go three nothing. I say they're gonna be three games in a row with three goals or more. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, maybe another goal by Harid or something. I mean, Katucci even. Hey, how about that? <laughs> I would take that. Absolutely. 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 Well, I'm going to be very curious to see what the starting lineup is going to be in this one. Um, I wonder if any of the impact, any of the players who performed well in this past game, if they're going to help influence uh, Wagner and his lineup. Well, we shall see. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, a good place to wrap things up. Uh, don't you think so? I concur. You concur. Very good. All right. Well, I think uh, on that note, keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Uh, we want to thank Schalke, Fox Soccer, Bavarian Football Works, Football Fancast, and the Runner Sports for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any co- topics or comments or questions you have for us, uh, you want us to discuss it on the podcast, tweet us at Schalke America. Um, I haven't said that yet this year. It's, it's, that's a mouthful. Schalke America. There we go. Um, we want to give a special shout out to our very good friends at NBC4 Nashville for their support. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? JM Mangan on Twitter, J M M A N G A N. Very good. Once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me on Twitter as well at R underscore K H A R M A N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready and we'll be with you soon. Shoes.